Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, episode number 393. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the director of SEO for Advanced Local. Three hundred ninety-three. Three ninety-three. Really, we're almost at that big four hundred number. We are. We're going to hit it by the end of the year. I'd Stranger say things have happened. Yeah, that's, that is true. Nice. <laughs> it and, most of, and most of them happened at Google this week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've got uh, quite the show today. Um, uh, let's just jump into it. So first, the, some non-SEO news. I thought this was, gave me a chuckle because uh, I think this needs to be done. Um, there's a note in Search Engine Journal that uh, by Roger Monty that Google can su subscribe to push notifications. Now this isn't said elsewhere, but uh, apparently, uh, uh, of course I didn't write down where he saw this, but um, a quote there, it says, Google's automated web crawling service will occasionally subscribe to website push notifications if the push permission is requested. Notifications that, that are sent to the automated Chrome instances using safe browsing technology will be evaluated for abusive content and sites sending abusive notifications will be flagged for enforcement if the issue is unresolved, unquote. So, so, so explain to everybody what push notifications are and why Google would want to subscribe to them. All right, so they're annoying as hell. Um, you go to a site and you often said, we'd like to send you notifications or uh, notices, or usually it says notifications though, and, it's, and you say yes or no. It's a um, little pop-up. Yeah, I always say no. Um, I guess not, not, not true. There's the odd one, like Todoist, my to-do app. Sure. I'll press yes. No problem. But 99.99999% I'm like, bah, no. Um, and I understood Chrome was going to have the ability to block those built in. Um, and it would learn over time that you don't like it. It hasn't learned. I can't even use the word right now <laughs> at all, at all. <laughs> from what I do. But anyways, um, I do like that they're doing this. They're not doing it all the time, but apparently they do occasionally subscribe to these to see what is being pushed to its users. Um, it considers you know, Chrome its browser, right? So it wants to know what kind of experience these websites are providing the visitors that Google's sending. Uh, yeah, that's great. Um, uh, and hopefully they can catch a lot of the ones that are being abusive. I have not had one yet, uh, again, mostly because I never say yes, but um, even one that I did do yes and I ended up disabling wasn't that bad. It wasn't abusive. It was just, ah, I just don't need them. I don't need any more notifications. No, thank you. So why do you think Google's doing this? Is it just kind of the thing to help keep the web clean or are they trying to specifically identify um, sites that are abusing it, their their visitors so that they can adjust the how often they show those sites in search results. I'd love to know their their justification and how they and why they actually do this. I think it's the same reason they they tell you that a site's being hacked. You know they they want to keep you from having a bad experience while using Google, and. If, if you go to a website and even though it's not from an SEO standpoint, it's not going to help different. Well, it could, I guess, impact the ranking. It, they do have 30 days to respond to an issue that Google raises about their um, notifications, but um, purely in pure fashion, it's not truly SEO. It's more a Google response in any so, case. Yeah. So go you on. think it's, it's more like a 
smaller, less invasive version of um, trying to get everybody to go to HTTPS or trying to make sure that people that are using these uh, push notifications are not um, causing issues. But that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I would I would say it's it's more about yeah, just ensuring that they're being sort of policed, policing the net a bit, yep. <laughs> just a yep. bit. But uh, um, they do want to make sure that you get a good experience. So I think that there's no harm in doing this. And if anything, if they can stop a few bad actors, I think that's a great thing. So instead of the fashion police these days in 2020, we have Google police. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So that was part of our non-SEO news. I mean, again, you know, it could be an argument elsewhere, but because it does impact your rankings, I imagine if you don't do anything with it, if you, if you did offend Google, you could have problems. But um, for pure fashion, it doesn't impact where you rank or anything um, until you've really screwed up. Yeah, until you, <laughs> until you abuse it, just like anything yes. else. When you abuse stuff, Google brings the hammer down. You betcha. All right, now into SEO news. Um, Truly SEO 101, uh, Google <laughs> says, uh, crawling doesn't mean indexing and indexing doesn't mean ranking. Now this is, yeah, <laughs> this is really good stuff for all our listeners to be reminded of. So oh, yeah. crawling, Google crawls everything. I mean, it, it, it'll go around and it'll find everything, but the, the, the it, deal- it, it tries to find everything. Well, try, okay, sure, sure, sure. I knew you'd jump in there. Yes, it tries to find everything. It, when it finds it, it doesn't necessarily do anything with it short of deciding whether or not it's worthwhile spending any more time on it. Um, we talked a little bit about caffeine. Um, that's their crawler, uh, the, the, how, they inter, um, how they crawl and how they um, perceive the content they find. Um, it is not whether or not they should be the index or not. It's purely just understanding what they're seeing is caffeine. And I did make a mistake about that last time. So think of it, this, it is the crawler. Um, and you will see, we were just talking about this, some very confusing wording out there um, from Google about it being their new web indexing tool. Well, indexing in this case, again, it's just a matter of them not following the same word um, use that we follow now because that was an article from 2010 and they weren't quite as pleased about how they used the words. In any case, it is the crawling. Um, and uh, as usual, I get off topic or, and I lose my train of thought. So oh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're back. I, I can hear I'm, it in your voice. You're back. <laughs> <laughs> so crawling is finding the content. I'm just going to simplify this. Index means like, okay, this content is worth indexing now. They're going to now look at it, determine that it is part, they've looked at it, they've determined it's, it's worth being in their index. Now they're going to add it to the index. That's what you typically, you could find anywhere within search results. It could be position 100, position 10,000, whatever, right? It's in the index, it's in their catalog. So, so think about think about it this way. An easy way to kind of um, visualize it in your head. The 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 the, the process is multi tiered, right? The crawling process goes out and finds pages, right? Once they're found, they go through a secondary process which determines whether or not the page they just found should be included in their index. And you can go to search console. And I've many times I've gone to search console and looked for a URL and says, this URL is not in our index, even though the page exists. Well, Google knows about that page, but they've decided for whatever reason, maybe it's duplicate content, maybe it's canonical to a different page. It'll actually show you in search console, it'll tell you that that page is not in their index. They know about it, but it's not in the index because once they found it, they analyzed it and decided, nope, this one's not going in, right? Right. So you end up being in the catalog, if you want to put it that way, the index, this great mm -hmm. gigantic database of uh, pages they fill. Okay, these were worth being added. Now that does not mean they're going to rank though. Um, that's yet another process of determining whether or not, you know, what is relevant, what isn't to different, to, what, what is the relevance of specific pages, how those pages should show up if they should show up, um, it's, it's a whole number of things. Uh, and how it matches specifically to an individual query. 
when yeah. someone does a search does it does that page that they just that they found then they decided they wanted it in their index now does it match a search that someone's doing and should it be ranked three right. separate things completely yeah and and that last bit is the one that has the most factors that mm -hmm. you know that's you know whether or not it's ranking where it ranks how long it ranks or it ranks yeah i mean just it just goes on and on and on all, all those are based on whatever they call the 600 plus <laughs> algorithm yeah. factors whatever is it, probably, isn't it like thousands. six thousand now yeah it's not going to say it's in thousands now yeah <laughs> um so, so there's a great tool also in Search Console as far as that indexing piece goes, right? Um, if you go into Search Console and you look at um, performance section in Search Console, it'll tell you um, impressions. It'll tell you, uh, no, that's search. It'll tell you uh, rankings. It'll tell you, um, it, yeah, it does tell you impressions, but there's also a section that'll tell you which pages have been excluded from their index. And you can go in and you can just select the excluded section in the chart and underneath what if you just select excluded it'll tell you why they excluded it from the index there's a whole list and there's only a there's only a certain number of things that they list that that actually tell you why it was excluded so if you're not doing one of those things most likely that page will get included in the index yeah and it's a very interesting thing to dig into um more, more so for larger sites or that actually have pages that haven't, you know, that were not added to the index. But I can tell you that on just one of our news sites, our average is about per day. And, and when they say per day in Google Search Console, it's like, here's all the ones we know about today, which also includes some of the ones they knew about yesterday and the day before, you know, and ones that have been fixed since then. So it's a, it's a floating number. But most, most of the time on a daily basis, major news sites like ours have 50, 60,000 pages excluded easily. And it's it, and I've seen it in the couple hundred thousand pages excluded, but a lot of that is 301 redirects. Those are a page that 301 redirects. Google knows about it. They read the redirect, but they exclude it from the index, right? So being excluded is not necessarily a bad thing. It just mm -hmm. means this page should not be in the index. Awesome. Okay. Um, next up. Uh, this is really just an update on what we've talked about in the last few episodes uh, about Google's indexing issues. You know, they had the problem with uh, mobile friendly, or was it mobile friendly? Just mobile indexing, yeah. period. Yeah, um, mobile indexing, canonical were the last two. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, apparently uh, they're 99% done or fully resolved, I should say. This is according to Search Engine Land, uh, Barry's article. And uh, I'm not sure I believe it's that close, um, <laughs> considering that they've said this before and things have always persisted for a while, but yeah. it's good to know they're getting some, making some progress, apparently. Um, the uh, the request indexing tool, though, is still offline, so obviously things See, are still being done. That's the flag for me that says, no, they're not done yet. Yeah. <laughs> when that comes back, they'll be closer. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, uh, we have a huge section coming up here. So we're going to take a quick break. But we get when we get back, we're going to talk about the search on event. John uh, has done a lot of work on this. So I'm going to let him take over and tell you all about it. We'll be right back. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO for Advanced Local, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. All right, so tell us, what is the search on event? Well, the search on event is, it's like, it was kind of like a virtual conference that Google put on it was online only um, and you could go watch the whole thing still it's still there if you go to search on dot with google.com uh, you can watch the whole event there but there were a lot a lot of announcements and yeah, a lot of talk about how ai in particular is changing and improving what google is doing um, there's a if, if you go out and search for the the search on google event um, recap. There's a ton of articles out there on it, um, but there's, I mean, Google blog.google did one um, on it. Um, so th there's a lot of places to get more information about this. Um, and we're going to cover a number of things they announced here. One of the main things to think about as you're doing this is that um, all these things we're about to talk about, they, they said this stuff is going to happen by the end of this year, which means if it's not already in play, it's going to happen within the next what is today, October or something. So within the next two months and a few days or a week, this stuff is going to happen. So let's just start talking about it and start seeing if there's anything we could do to plan for it or adjust because of it. Now, mm. the biggest thing that came out of this whole thing was something called passages. Now, there was a lot of confusion about passages. Um, but, but before we get to that, let's talk about what passages are. Google has said, basically, they now, because of the AI that they've introduced, they now have the ability to look at a page of content um, like they normally do, but also look at sections of content on a page and basically um, assign ranking scores or, or, or you know, those passages of content that would be specific to a search phrase within a page are now a ranking factor, okay? Now, initially when they announced this, kind of going back to what Ross was just talking about, they said they were gonna be indexing passages of pages, 
Well, there was a lot of confusion in the space. Are they creating a whole new index of just passages from different pages? Are they, how, how does indexing work when they're indexing a whole page and indexing pieces of, pieces of a page? Well, it was cleared up within a day that Google came back and said, no, we're not creating a separate index of passages. We're using passages that we find on a page as they didn't say it in this phrase, but basically a ranking factor. Okay, so don't be confused if you hear that there's a whole new index of just pieces of pages called passages index. That is not really what's happening, though we can totally understand the confusion because that's what Google actually said when they launched it. So <laughs> uh, we'll just try to clear that up. All right. Until they Why? confuse it again. Yeah, they'll confuse <laughs> again, I'm sure. Um, the interesting thing about this in my mind is that it's really going to change our industry long term and how we optimize for search results. Because till now, till today, um, until Google launches this, I should say, um, again, by the end of the year, when they launch this, um, before, until then, it's been, we focus on a page. We figure out topics at a page level. We figure out uh, authority at the page level. Everything about SEO is done at the page level. Well, now when this launches, we not only have to do everything at the page level, but we also have to do it at the subtopic, subparagraph passages level on the page. So if you're doing key re keyword research for a topic for an entire page, now you all also need to think about doing it for those passages on those pages. And we don't know how that's gonna work yet. We haven't seen this really live in, in the world, though Google did push out some uh, images of what it would look like. If you do that, if you look for some of those recap posts, they'll, they should have an image of before and after version. And the before version in these pictures is basically um, featured snippets. Right, everybody understands feature snippet, knows what a feature snippet looks like. Um, the after picture is very similar to a featured snippet. It shows the answer and then at the bottom, it shows where they got the answer. However, it's not in a box like the feature snippet is according to this picture. So my guess, and I think a lot of other people's guesses, these kind of passages listings can show up anywhere on the page, not just at the top, right? So it's, so it's gonna compete with standard organic full page listings in the search results, which is gonna make, make everything change for us, right? So let, let's dig a little bit deeper. Um, it, now, I, th I think that's really much all we know other than it's gonna launch by the end of the year. It's similar to a featured snippet, but it's different. Um, and, and it's and, only supposed to affect 7% of the index initially. Yeah initially 7%, right? And I was um, gonna to get to that, but. Yeah, it also uh, is definitely um, gonna make the antitrust people love Google even more. Oh yeah, there's a lot of conversation around passages um, in the different SEO groups and forums and blog posts about how passages is gonna make it easier for them to keep traffic on Google and not send people click with, through click-throughs to other websites. Mm -hmm. um, kind of people are already complaining about that when it comes to featured snippets. Um, people are already complaining about that for many reasons, right? Um, so unlike this them. This is going to make those complaints. Tons <laughs> worse. Yeah, it's going to be no worse. No one ever complains about Google. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> but again, this, is, this has just been announced. We really don't know how it's going to impact us. A couple of things that I've heard that make some sense out there potentially um, headers are going to become more important again, like subheaders down on the page, um, H2s, H3s, those kind of things are actually going to have some relevancy now. Right now, H1s through H5s and 7s, whatever they are, don't have that much impact on rankings at all. I mean, there's still old school people that, that swear by H1 tags on a page. There's been a number of studies that say they barely move the needle when it comes but to ranking. we do know with 100% certainty that it is part of caffeine that they do look at and parse the content specifically at the beginning anyway with H with heading text. They really do look at it and they, then they determine whether or not they're worthwhile looking at, but they still look at them. They, they look at everything. 
Yeah, but in this case, it's specifically heading tags, not just anything in HTML. It's like, okay, this is where they, this is how they they learn how the page is set out. And I thought that was pretty cool to see. Yeah, and, and that's going to be much much more important after mm -hmm. the first of the year. Yeah, right. Especially when it comes to understanding what the topic um, variation is on certain passages within a single web page, right? Those headings are going to become much, much more important. It's almost like a little title tag for a passage, right? So that's people that that makes some sense to me. But again, we don't know yet. That's just people speculating, right? So this is going to be something to, to really keep your eye on if you're just new into SEO and you're learning about this stuff. Uh, remember this changes all the time. And this is a great example of a big change that's coming our way. Yeah, it really, even though it's only affecting 7% of the index initially, I think it, it hints at a new, not only capability, but the potential shift in thinking of what content yeah. is and how to use it. So uh, it's pretty impressive. Um, it also potentially makes, I wouldn't say I hate them, but I, I dislike these, but potentially makes one page web, web one page websites more feasible because they can then yeah. break down the topics a little better and and, and mm -hmm. you know, rank them. To, to, and just think about all the things we don't know about this yet. We have yeah. no idea how authority impacts this. Do we do we have to start building links on topics related to passages, or can we still just focus on the overall topic of the main page? No idea. Um, you know how much of the overall page um, authority and relevancy is applied to passages? We don't know that either, right? There's so many things we have no idea about and it will probably take us some time to really learn once it goes live. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, will they look at this and say, this is passage seems awfully, well, it'll be, a, well, well, let's put it this way. I'm just thinking out loud here, but, um, this probably would be a great a, a great tool too to pick out spun content or uh, oh yeah you know things where content that just doesn't make any sense is thrown in throughout a page um, right. obviously yeah I mean you know, again this is really coming to my mind as I'm speaking but it's yep. it's got some interesting connotations plus this also means I think that again we don't know for sure. But based on what you just said, you know, I think there's a possibility now that people that will say, write some content and then throw in a couple paragraphs they found somewhere else, mm -hmm. right? Now, can they detect duplicate passages? And then what does that do, right? Is that any different? Is it any different than what they already do? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I and doubt what, it. But you what, if like, what if like, what if like 80% of the page was unique? And they had one passage that was duplicated somewhere else. How did they treat that, right? Yeah. Know. Does it eliminate that page's ability to have a passage show? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure they can see that it's duplicated, but yeah, do they know? Yeah. How does it affect the rest of the page? Or right. yeah, fascinating. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's nice to have some change. Yeah, I, I guarantee we'll be talking about this a lot in the coming year. You know, and, and the other thing we'll be talking about, and we don't have this in our notes, but is this antitrust um, trial of the, or oh, yeah. uh, thing with, this, with Google. The, and and just, I, I listened to something on the CBC today, being in Canada. Um, it was very interesting about, you know, what it could mean if Google got broken up and, and uh, that it typically, when this sort of things happen, I'm not saying for this, but typically when a company is broken up, uh, it does... Um, improve innovation and mm -hmm. that part and, and more competition, which I would so dearly love. I, I just <laughs> miss the days when there's more than one really big search engine. So, Bing so, is somewhat of a counter, but not much. What would they break it up into? Are yeah, they gonna uh, have a search company and then an advertising company, then a yes. local maps company and then the biggest deal apparently is the biggest thing is the is the the advertising. It's either it's gonna be broken up or it's gonna be heavily regulated. Um and I don't I don't know. I, I'm a, I, I have not made my decision up. It's like I'm voting. I just don't know. I think I need to know a lot more about what the, the ramifications of this could be. I don't necessarily immediately think that antitrust is a bad idea, though. I mean, they're 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 the only game 
of any consequence. So, but it's not, I don't think it's because I don't think it's their fault that they're the only game. No. Well, and it's, I don't think they've done things at the level that preclude Bing and Yahoo and DuckDuckGo from getting more customers. Right? No, like the, the claim is they're that good. So shouldn't they be at the top? And, and I don't disagree. Yeah. They are probably that much better. Um, I don't know. The whole thing is interesting. It's, it's worth even, uh, I'm sure, I'm actually, you know, who, I'm sure who would have a great discussion on this and it probably already has is Jim and, and Dave at Webcology. I bet yeah. they've had a really good one, but it's, it, it's very heady stuff, but it's very interesting. And there's probably a lot to learn. Again, it's just like going to vote. You have to look at all sides and find all the details. I'm sure there are great examples of how Google has impeded progress um, oh, yeah. from sure competitors. And that's not cool. But, but, but <laughs> that happens in every single business. Oh, yeah. Period. But this time, they're the only one. They're the monopoly of, of serious consequence, not just, you know. True. I mean, they're a much bigger company than everyone, but yeah. uh, <laughs> they're probably bigger than everybody combined. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> oh, dear. So it'll be interesting to watch that, too. Yeah. Um, okay. This, well, this, let's take a quick break and then we'll get on to the rest of uh, the information from the search engine, Matt, because you got lots, lots more to share here. And we have some questions to, uh, to discuss on, too. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one -on -one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, You'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO for Advanced Local, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. And remember, we have a show notes newsletter you can sign up for at SEO101radio.com. Don't miss a single link, and you can refresh your memory of a past show at any time. Okay, so what's what else came from this? Okay, there's still, there's still a bunch of stuff to talk about, though not as impactful as the passages piece, right? Mm -hmm. um, like um, everybody should be familiar with BERT by now. BERT launched in October of last year. Um, it's basically using artificial intelligence to look at the search query people type in um, to Google search engine to better understand their intent to better understand what they're trying to find. Now, to your point earlier, with passages only launching at about 7% of the search results being impacted by passages, um, when BERT launched in October of last year, only 10% of search results actually were impacted by BERT. Well, they, they announced at the search on event that now, as of today, 100% of searches are impacted by BERT. 
So there's an artificial intelligence looking at every single search done on Google to try to understand exactly what the searcher was looking for. And it does a fairly good job. And there's nothing you could do to optimize it for it that I'm aware of, that I think anybody's aware of. And Google will tell you there's nothing you can do to optimize for this. But it's good to know that Google is really trying to understand what people are looking for better. That tied into passages is, is going to change the way Google works and looks long term. Well, I think BERT was originally, I mean, yes, overall designed for you know the overall understanding of queries, but I think it, it was the key reason that brought it about is that the there's such a small or such a, a huge chunk of searches that Google's never seen on a given day, ever, that they oh, yeah, have to figure out. 15%. Is it 15? 15. I was looking for that stat. Yeah. Yeah. They, they actually, he says it at the very beginning of the on search video. So if you go watch that on search or the okay. search on video, he says it again. He reemphasizes just last week, he put this out, says 15% of every search done on Google has never been searched before. So Bird is super relevant and necessary. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really impactful in my space, the news space, because you know, nobody ever searched for Superstorm Sandy before it happened. So there's a lot of searches that happen in breaking news in the news space that have never been searched before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Rudy Giuliani hand and pants. Never been searched before. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay, Sorry, I had, to throw, I had to throw it in just because <laughs> freaking Sasha Cohen Baron is a genius. He is. He is a genius. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, moving on. Sorry. I had to throw that in. <laughs> so just just to recap, Bert is now hundred percent of searches are being looked at by an artificial intelligence to understand what someone's looking for before they even decide which pages to return. Okay. Um, another thing that they announced, pretty pretty small in in many cases, but it could impact some people pretty significantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Google has updated their spelling algorithm to better understand misspellings. Um, do you remember there used to be a uh, a page you could go to on Google.com, and I, I think I still have a screen cap of part of it around. It was basically a huge list of all the ways people had searched for the for the the name. Britney Spears more yeah. than there was it was like more than once if someone had typed this in more than once they included it on the page and there were at least what was it, like four or five hundred different ways <laughs> that people had typed the name Britney Spears I am 99% certain we talked about that on the show when it came out oh, yeah. <laughs> so how long I, we've been I, around I'm, I'll have to dig and see if I can find the, <laughs> the screen cap I have of that page but but the spellings are a big deal to Google because I'm, I'm a huge, this, for me, the spellings issues, the spelling algorithm, they personally target that at me, right? <laughs> I, so this is great that they'll- At least it's not pronunciation. You'd really have a trouble, have some trouble there. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But um, I'm, I'm glad they're working to better understand what I type. Don't you miss the days when we could like optimize for misspellings? I love that. No. No, I didn't. I don't want to optimize for 500 ways to spell Britney Spears. Oh, you only had to pick the ones that were most common, but man, they were great ways to get traffic. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Okay, next up. Okay, Uh, another one tied to video this time. Um, If you remember, again, last year around September or so, Google launched something called Key Moments. tied to videos and and did it in conjunction with YouTube. And basically what key moments are was um, if you had a a good example is a how-to video, right? That had like six different steps to do, um, to to plant a pot, you know, to, to, to plant a potted plant, right? And there's step one through six. Well, key moments, um, Google would actually say, okay, we found all six of these steps in this video. We've identified them. We'll show in the search results, we'll show the whole video, but right underneath it, we'll show links to each of those little steps with little screen caps of the video at that point in the video. And those are key moments in the video that you could go directly to step three. Let's say you're, you're doing this and you forgot what to do on step three. You didn't have to like fast forward through the whole video. You could just click the third step in the, in the key moments piece in the search results, right? It was 
so that's launched in September of last year. And it was very, very, very limited release. I mean, I don't think I ever saw one in the wild. Well, according to the, the search on event, those should now be close to 10% of video search results should have key moment listings underneath the video listing. You didn't, I've seen tons of them. I don't know. I, I guess I, there's just, I've been doing lots of how-to things, but I always get sent to these parts in within a video and I can't say it's very great, but it's as best it can be yeah. at, at this stage really. Well, well, I just assume I know how to do everything and never search on it. So <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> I have no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Now, if there's now there's there's how to videos, which I never search, but there's how to fix videos, which I have to search all the time. So that's just different. <laughs> <laughs> how to find a journeyman plumber. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what that's urgently. What search, that's, yeah, that's where local search comes into play. <laughs> Uh, but I, th okay. I thought that that was interesting. Yeah. And the last last one is is just kind of um, to me they introduced something called subtopics in the search results, and to me this is just formalizing something that we've had in search for many many years, which is QDD, query deserves diversity. And what this is is when you search for something similar to a head term, let's say shoes for example, right? You search for shoes, they're not just going to look at the best websites that have the most authority and the most relevancy for the term shoes and give you 10 listings that are nothing about generic shoes. That wouldn't be really useful. So query deserves diversity means, okay, we know you're searching for shoes. We're gonna show you a couple of listings about shoes, but then we're gonna show you some listings specifically about tennis shoes. Then we're gonna show you listings specifically about dress shoes. Then we're gonna show you listings specific about hiking shoes. So they yeah. wanna add that diversity in there um, to make sure that, that their search results are really gonna be helpful. And that's been in, the, that's been in the, there for I have 10, 15 years. I remember over 10 years ago, uh, I built a specific SEO strategy around QDD and ranked for a huge, huge head term. And it stayed there for around in positions three to six for about three months. And it was one of the toughest terms to rank for in SEO overall. And, and it was- Dude, done. we don't want to talk about porn. The term was six. <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it. The it was it was not for a porn site. It was for a term <laughs> broadcasting site called the Frisky, which was targeted <laughs> at women, um, but they wanted to rank for the term sex. So we build a strategy around it using QDD or what's now called subtopics, and found a section of those. You know, we we focused on the hiking shoes portion of sex, and don't even go anywhere with that. <laughs> 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 and, and we found a, 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 a section or a subtopic, as they call now, that we could really work well in within. And we're able to, to rank, you know, between it fluctuated, of course, between three and six for about three or four months. So this has been around for a long time. So when you see this information coming up about subtopics, um, it's really just a rebranding, so to speak, of query diver deserves diversity. There may be some slight differences. And after we, after people start studying it more, we might find some, but I, right now, I'm just treating it as QDD. Oh, all right. Thank you. It was a nice uh, update on all that. I'm definitely still going to watch the video. I think it'll be interesting to, to see who was the, yeah, uh, who was the one delivering the news? Oh, it's the, the big guy at Google. And oh. Well, he passed it around to different people. He, he introduced it. He's the one that talked about the 15-day or the 15%. Ah, right. Okay. All right. So the next up is a questions. Uh, we have a question from Carl Bush. Thanks, Carl. I know you're being a longtime listener. He says, I have a question about broken backlink campaigns. How has your success been with these? Really, what I'm wondering is the what's the conversion rate of emails sent out? Uh, just trying to abbreviate all this. Uh, the reason I ask is because I've been doing a local SEO for the past eight years and haven't felt the need to do broken backlink campaigns. I launched a personal website a couple months ago with a YouTube channel. Most of the keyword difficulty is below 40, according to Ahrefs, since I want my site to be seen worldwide. Uh, he thinks doing some broken backlink campaigns would be a great way to help with my SEO. Any advice or tips are always welcome. Well, 
my experience could, of broken backlink could, campaigns is they're, they're tough to do these days because people are getting inundated with requests for it. Can, we, can, we explain, can we explain what a broken backlink campaign is for those that might not be familiar? Sure. So um, let's say, and, and this happens to me all the time because we used to be primarily, well, not primarily, but a big chunk of our uh, step force business um, came from our news site. Um, and we had, just because we were publishing a newsletter every week and it was we're really churning it out. Anyways, anywhere where we were referring to, let's say, a particular business or a particular product um, that was relevant to the article, oftentimes those businesses have gone down. I mean, are, are no longer around. As heck, it's been well, we've been doing this twenty three years. So there's there's some pretty old content out there. So these guys will find that these links are broken. They're no longer referencing a site that exists, and they say, "Hey, you know, um, I noticed this article." got a broken link uh, and you're re reciting something that really just doesn't exist anymore. I, ha I actually happen to have a website that would be relevant or I know someone who does. Um, would you, you know, would you like to improve the page again or, you know, uh, fix that link by pointing to us? That's the raw, the raw way of describing it anyway. Good enough? Yeah, and it's actually quite, it can be effective because A, you're helping out the, the business who has the broken link, they might not even know they have broken links. So you're already providing them with valuable information when you just reach out and ask because yeah. you said, hey, you've got a broken link on your site you might not know about. You, it, there's different ways to word it and stuff, but that's you know paraphrasing. Hey. Um, and that's helpful to that business just to know that that link is broken. So they're already thinking, this is this is helpful. This, these guys are trying to help me out. So you've mm -hmm. already generated some positive buzz um, with them whether or not they have the capability to update the link, you have no idea. Ross would, would easily be able to update the link, but there's plenty of businesses out there that have no idea to how to make that kind of change, right? Yeah. And they don't uh, want to pay somebody to do it. No. So it, the, to Carl's question- Of course, they don't question, want to take the time. Yeah, <laughs> the time. To, so Carl's question is a good one. Unfortunately, I don't have any idea how effective those were. Um, I have, you know, I've been in the news space for a long time and we don't have to build links. Um, they just come because news is a little different. Um, have yeah. you done any of those kind of outreaches? No. no, no, we've talked about it with clients. Um, I think some of them have done them independently, but we haven't done them for them. I think it is, they saw our price, <laughs> you know, it's not easy work and we have to charge for the time. So, um, now I'm going to say just from my experience that it will really depend upon the market. Um, you know, who's going to be listening and responding is definitely dependent upon how jaded they are. <laughs> yeah, I mean- you get a lot of email, you're not gonna pay attention to those at all. And, and if you're doing it in a space like, you know, uh, if you're doing SEO, Carl said he launched his own blog. If his own blog, he, he didn't say what it was about, but I'm gonna guess SEO, right? And it might not be, but if it is SEO, he's gonna be reaching out to people that are in that space and understand what's going on. Yeah. If your blog was about, um, floral arrangements, right? You might not have any clue what this person is talking about when they send you this email. So you might just blow it off. It's, it's really, really specific on who you reach, whether they have the capability, the knowledge, the time, the resources, the money to make the change you're asking them to make. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sorry, we can't be really direct, um, in terms of experience for the Carl, but, uh, I do think it's worth a shot, but again, it depends upon your market. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and you're going to, I think because it has been around a while, um, it quite became quite a, a booming segment of, of SEO. It's, I don't know, there's a lot of, it's almost like banner blindness, email blindness. I mean, I got so oh, yeah. many of those requests. In fact, I know I've got a lot of broken links on my site from old news, but I just can't be bothered. Uh, yeah. Really. I know a few couple of years ago when I was working on the agency side, um, I read a study that said small businesses um, on average, just average, get about 50 emails a week pitching marketing, right? So can you imagine getting 50 emails a week on average that are talking about, hey, I can market your site better, you know? And then you get this one saying, you know, somebody says, hey, I noticed you have this link on your site that's broken. 
there's a big difference there. I, I honestly think it's still a valuable channel and probably better channel than many of the other link building techniques that are being used out there today. Yeah, cool. All right, the last uh, bit here is a question from Lori Martin. The podcast I heard mentioned an upcoming paid Google My Business listing. I've heard whispers about this. So if a business has a Google My Business listing, do you think they will lose traction and have to pay to play? Uh, no. No, I don't think that's going to be the case. Google My Business would have a real hard time uh, yeah. keeping things going, considering how glitchy their system is if they did that. Uh, never mind the fact that uh, the reason they can compete is because it is free. Um, if they charge for it, I think things would start to fall apart. I, th I, I think they're going to start charging for pieces of Google listings. Enhancements, yes. Enhancements, that's a good word for it. Enhancements. Yeah. So like if you if you have the make an appointment in the search results widget in your listing where you, they can actually stay in the search results and make appointments, right now that's free, but eventually I think something like that might turn into paid because you're making money directly from it. They want a piece of that. Yeah, they sure do. A piece of everything. Yeah, <laughs> no a, doubt. Yeah. Um, but I did actually read today um, a post and Joey Hawkins was sort of chimed in on a discussion that was quite a few months old and said, hey, does anyone know, you know what's going on with this? And it is directly relevant or related to paid Google My Business listings. Um, there's, it was a very small rollout. It was testing. It, it, a lot of people, it's not out there uh, aggressively. If it's out there, I haven't seen it yet. Um, so, um, you know, yes, you can get the Google guaranteed. Um, there's a few things you can get that are very close, look similar, but it's not the same. This, this one they're doing, it's $50, I believe it was per month. You have to keep doing it. If you don't do it, you just miss one month, it's gone and you have to reapply. Um, so Interesting. way different and a whole lot of money for them. Holy crap. Um, and they may be wanting to hold back on that now. I don't know with all this. Uh, my bet. Yeah, with my, my bet with all the businesses that are no longer open at 100% capacity, with the, the economies that are happening because of uh, people having to stay home basically more than they used to, and businesses hurting because of it, I doubt Google would roll this out at this time. But I would look for a bigger push, maybe the end of next year. Yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised they haven't done enhancements yet, more yeah. so. You know, there's a lot of things you could think you think they could do there, but right. I don't know. Their ethics, uh, I don't even understand it. I don't know. Well, what, well, yeah. What's the thing called where they'll call a business for you, make an appointment? Uh, there's a name for it. Dang it. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, duo. But that, that, that would be something I think if a business wanted that capability, you know, wanted to be able to deal, interact with that capability that Google would say, okay, we're going to charge you for it because they're a lot not of going to charge are, the customer. They're going to charge the business. A lot of people are, a lot of businesses are trying to block that because it's such yep. a pain in the ass. So um, yeah, I think it's, it's been more of a help for uh, consumers than businesses. So I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. I, yeah. I don't feel for them at all. They've got lots going on <laughs> and they're making money. So <laughs> hey, I'm just glad we, the only thing we have to do is talk about them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the Director of SEO for Advanced Local, thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Facebook group, easily found by searching SEO 101 Podcast on Facebook. Have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which are at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every Monday on webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening, everybody. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.